Bless you, Mr. Aaron Johnson. Bless yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You what? You got a little bit of uh, Doritos have, up your nose? I'm going to actually have to sneeze at some point here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at that. Well, welcome to another episode of Use Your Words Podcast. Uh, my name is Paul, and I'm once again graced and joined by Mr. <laughs> Aaron Johnson. Yes. Um, now that he has a shirt that is not molting. Yeah. <laughs> the previous episode where we were recording, Aaron was... At certain points, picking on his shirt like a bird was, picks the feathers off of itself when it's it molting. It was coming undone. <laughs> exactly like what it. the bird says about the feathers and why it has to pick the feathers off of itself. Off. So, but yes, it is once again another wonderful day in the year of 2021 in the first year of the wonderful presidency of Joe Biden. Ew. Yep, there we go. Yeah. And I know we're 2021, we're a little ways away from that you know time in november when all of us gloriously went to the polls and i can't even say this myself without <laughs> without being like mm, no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah you didn't enjoy going to the polls well no i can't i can't keep going i can't keep going with the whole thing of we gloriously went to the polls oh. and cast our vote for the glory that is biden yes uh, i i was very shocked um, to hear that Josh voted for Biden? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember who he voted for. I know he said he was tempted to. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I, I think, I think he voted for, he uh, voted for whoever he voted the for. Independent. Yeah, and uh, that's whatever. okay. I yeah. don't care. Uh, no, it's whatever. Vote for Biden, vote for Trump, vote for independent, vote for Texas. I don't care. I, I've, I've, Texas. Um, I, I've, I personally, uh, voted for, uh, Harambe. Uh, <laughs> I did not. <I'm> just <laughs> no comment. I'm kidding, but I was I was very shocked that the how quickly it went. Like for me to vote, get in and get out of voting, it was no time. Well, that's not a surprise, actually. Well, and, and we'll talk about why I say that's not a surprise. Oh, okay. Because I I tried to go vote early. Yeah. And hearing about how some people waited a long time to go vote early. Um, the day I went was the day that they had stopped allowing early voting. I was like, oh, of course. And then I went to go vote after work, which I was thinking after work, I was like, shoot, other people will be getting out probably and then going to vote as well. So I was like, this yeah. is going to suck. But no, it was a very in and out, very quick process, um, I guess, for this. Because I've had times for voting and it take took yeah, it takes a while too to stand long. stand in line. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me too much because people didn't want to spend a lot of time out and about with other people due to COVID. Due to COVID, so yeah, which, um, yeah, it was they. I, I would say they had it fairly well set up. It was. I think I made one of the uh, people that were working there. I think I made their day because when I was, they, they gave you a pen or whatever to yeah. fill out. 
And they said, well, I was keep the pen. They didn't want you to give them the pen back, whatever. And so when I was going, I was going to give, I didn't, I didn't know this, but I was going to give them the pen back. He said, oh no, I was like, that's yours. I was like, <gasps> like, I like, cause I thought it was just like a, one of those, it had the like rubber tip or whatever to use on a, on a tablet or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't know it was an actual working pen. He said, no, yeah. You, and he's like, it's an actual pen. So I like pressed the thing. And when I found out it was a real pen, I just did a like, and then he just started cracking up laughing because he thought I was so excited that I got a pen for free. Yes, he thought <laughs> you were so excited. We'll go with that. <laughs> I did I did probably make it seem like I was a lot more thrilled than I probably should have been, but yep. I got a free pen that day. Yep. Yep. Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> that was my voting experience. So I mean all in all, it was a good voting experience. Yeah, it day. was very fast for me too. Yeah. It wasn't any <laughs> delay i didn't get um a fancy free pen but oh, that that's sucks. okay I, I i lived um oh, i didn't make anyone tough. stay by screaming like a little girl <laughs> yeah I, I lived oh. and rip everyone's ears <laughs> <laughs> sorry my bad no bad. the compressor will take care of that and, and bring <laughs> true, it down true. but no what i wanted to talk about today was <laughs> an interesting article from february 4th of this year and this article has gotten a lot of criticism. Um, I would say mostly on the right side. Some people on the left are criticizing it because it, it quote unquote, brought to light some of the background workings of things that they wish didn't, uh, weren't brought to light. Mm. Let's put it that way. Mm. And before you go, well, okay, so you're talking about an article, must be a conspiracy article. Right. This article is from Time. You know, the Time magazine, you yeah. know, it's kind of one of those respected news sources still, even though it's like a, I don't know if it's a weekly or monthly magazine or whatever, but they do a lot of stuff online. Mm -hmm. And so they wrote an article called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. And you're like, oh, wow. The secret, secret, the secret, the secret, secret history of the shadow campaign. It's quite the title. It is quite the title. And, you know, it's interesting to look at the, um, the, the picture that they have at the top of the article. And you, you see, you know, the Capitol Capital building. Trump. And you see, like, the sun coming up, shining bright light. And there's smiling Joe Biden sitting <laughs> in front of it. And Trump is looking to the side all like, <clears throat> and then there's lightning coming from. And there's QAnon shaman and yeah. the Confederate flag and, you know, people in masks and raising their fists and champagne bottles and yeah. uh, Biden flags and all this other stuff. And it's just like, okay, what the heck is going on? So what this article covers, um, and it's a relatively long article so don't yeah. don't don't sit down and be like oh i'm gonna read this in like two minutes <laughs> no you're gonna read this in like uh, a good chunk of time because it's you got to kind of read it all the way through slowly to fully understand what's going on and th that's the hard part and that's also the good part about it i guess you could say but i like how within three paragraphs they say this sentence and it sets the whole frame for the entire document and this sentence is this in a way Trump was right. And now what, in what way was Trump right? And, and here's the funny part. Okay. Just quoting this article is enough to get your tweet or your Facebook uh, thing 
taken down. Not taken down, well, but labeled as uh, flagged, or whatever. flagged as false information about voting and may incite violence. Because it's talking about voter mis- um, voter fraud, fraud and all that. And it's just like, hey, I'm quoting this article here that they talk about this. And there's some interesting things that are going on that just kind of, I mean, it gives me the chills a little bit on this. So for this, you know, the, what they're talking about, I think this sentence, um, I'm giving you direct quotes from the article. Okay. So that way no one can go, oh, you're manipulating things. I'm giving you direct quotes. Quote one. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protest and coordinated coordinated the resistance from CEOs. So what they're talking about there is at the beginning of the article, they're talking about how, you know, a lot of people were anticipating some violence after the elections, regardless of who was declared the winner, whether it was mm-hmm. Biden or Trump, they were expecting, you know, violence from the left and or violence from the right. And what they're talking about is there's actually a group of people that they call the secret cabal that worked with CEOs and a bunch of our people to try to stop any of this violence on both sides for protest. And also when what eventually happened with Trump losing, having those same people that like campaigned and backed Trump during the election, essentially turn their back on Trump and say, get out. Mm-hmm. And this group, this conspiracy worked to do that on both you know, on behalf of the American people, I'll put that in quotes as my um, interpretation of their statement. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Here's the next quote that I find interesting. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. There's two components of that I think are very important. They got states to change voting systems. This group of, you know, and they say that they are a group of people from both sides of the party. That's what they say. Now, I, I would I would like to see that membership list to tell you how. <laughs> because if they say, oh, our Republican members are the Lincoln Project, I'd go, ha, you're funny. Because the Lincoln Project, well, yeah, the Lincoln Project has been having their own little uh, bit of issues in the recent days too. Mm. Um, have you been keeping up on that? So one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project has been accused of um, soliciting sex from other men and offering them, you know, positions in of like power in that in exchange for meeting him like in a hotel room in that. That's what he's been accused of. You know, so the guy's married, you know, and he was, you know, messaging guys behind the his wife's back and saying, hey, meet me in this hotel room for sex. Um, if you do, you'll get this position sort of deal, you know, promising that sort of thing. Uh, well, it turns out, you know, that that could be problematic and look bad in and of itself. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that came forward is like, I was 14 when the guy started texting me. Yeah, exactly. And soliciting me and promising these things. And, you know, obviously he met up with them in, a few times apparently. Oh. Yeah, I know. Talk about the child porn and stuff again. I know, I know. It's amazing how crazy that keeps coming back, right? Now that you hear about it once, it's like, wait, this is happening all over. What the heck? So anyway, so he's he's under investigation, uh, and so he's kind of stepped down from this now, uh, from the Lincoln Project, and he he, and this was a horrible excuse, and I feel I feel bad not for him, but for okay, this sounds weird. I feel bad for gay people. 
<laughs> because mm. what he did was he said, well, I was fighting, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not going to quote him directly, so don't try to find the direct quote, but essentially he goes, I was fighting who I really was and I wasn't being true to myself, but now I'm a gay man and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I was messing around, messing around people behind my wife's yeah, back. And, kids that are and, and I'm like, age. that doesn't, that doesn't explain the guy that was 14 when you started. No. Okay. It's one thing to, you know, be like, Hey, you're cute. Uh, meet me in the bedroom. You know, that's one thing, wow. messing around, yeah. and two consenting adults. It's a whole other thing when it's underage. Throw a kid in there. Yep, completely different thing. And so that's why I said if some of their supporters in this cabal are from the Lincoln Project, they might have a problem. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> because this, yeah. this whole Lincoln Project thing is slowly blowing up larger and larger and larger. every. It seems like every week now at this point. So we'll see what happens. So the part that, like I said, that got me about this article, they got states to change voting systems. Now, when I say voting systems, like we're talking about the necessarily like the vendor and how they voted, you know, did they move from paper to electronic or whatnot, you know, that sort of thing. But they also got the laws changed. Yeah. So they, you know, they influenced all these states and all these places where maybe it was, hey. Uh, early voting and absentee voting could be done like if you're elderly or you're, you know, nursing home or you're overseas for, you know, serving in the military, stuff, stuff like that, right? To anyone, anyone could do, do that, right? You know how successful they were with that? Very. How, how much is very successful? Like it happened. Well, okay. It happened, <laughs> but percentage wise, how many ballots were done by mail in 2020? Ooh, I'm going to shoot below half. I'm going to say 35. Too low. 50% of votes in 2020 were done by mail. Via mail. A quarter, about 25%, were done early in person. And this is why I said, you know, when you're talking about in line, it went real quick. Mm -hmm. Only about 25% of the votes that were done for, you know, the 2020 election mm-hmm. were done in person on election day. Jeez. Wow. Way down from what it used to be. Yeah. Well, gosh, I mean, I'm trying to think of how many, because have they always had, they haven't always had early voting either, have they? It depends on the location and that. Okay. You know, sometimes you need a good excuse to do the early voting thing. Like, oh, I'm going to be on a family vacation or family trip. Around that time. Yeah. But, like, that's not just open to public, though. Well, this year. It was like like it was this last year. It depends, again. It depends. Okay. So that's going to be a county-by-county, state-by-state sort of deal. That's not a universal across the board. But so this group, this cabal, as they called themselves— use their influence and their power to change how people voted on what systems they voted and the laws under which they voted. And then they helped secure money to fund these changes as well. Mm. So here's another quote from there. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, 
steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election, they were fortifying it. And they believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure their, that democracy in America endures. There's a couple things in there I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Worked together to influence perceptions. That and that right there is bad enough because that's kind of manipulating like kind of it's, how you view candidates and mm-hmm. that. We already talked about changing the rules and the laws of, of yeah. voting. Because before it wasn't you could just mail and vote. It was you had to have a legitimate reason to mail and vote. Right. Steer media coverage. That is ridiculous in all regards. Yeah, that doesn't. To, to say we are going to manipulate what the media does and doesn't cover and say we're, we're, not, we're, we're not biased in one way or the other, doesn't, that doesn't sit doesn't comfortably f- with me. You can't steer the media coverage and say you're not biased because you're steering it one way or the other. Right. You have to. Yeah. And the fact that they say, and control the flow of information. What information are you trying to control? And that's the thing. It's like, okay. And if you read down further in the article, they're like, well, anything that says that the election may be stolen, we want to, da, 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 and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you read down through the article, you, you read that the, uh, some of these people went to like Muck, Muck, Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> house, right? Who is he? Facebook, yeah, right? Yeah, Facebook guy, yeah. Um, they also went to uh, the CEO of Twitter, uh, you know, to their house as well for dinner. And essentially they said, Hey, we need to find a way to block this information because, and the reason they said that is, let's say you say something controversial on Twitter or Facebook, right? Uh, let's say you say, I don't know what, you know, take something that Trump said. Okay. Mm -hmm. Something that was bombastic, maybe a little controversial, maybe a little bit weird, right? Well, the algorithms, the way they're written, they promote that content because, you know, let's say, you know, again, Trump, he says something. A bunch of people write on, uh, write in response to it like, hey, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just disregarding it. But the algorithm, it doesn't care what you write. It, it, it notes. It got attention. It got attention. It goes, oh, this is popular. Let's promote this. As soon as you promote it, more people seeing it, which means more people are commenting it, which means it's more popular, which means it's, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a bad cycle. It's a cycle like um, when I talk about depression, that negative self-cycle where when you get into a bad thought and it just keeps going and going and going, it's the same thing except this time now with, oh, I don't know, uh, social media feeds. Ugh. Yeah. So Quinn, um, excuse me. Uh, so these people, when they went to um, – Zuckerberg's in that house. Yeah. They essentially are like, the more engagement something gets, the more platforms boost it. We don't want that. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the scary part. One of those people that went to Zuckerberg's house and is like, hey, you, you shouldn't be doing this. We don't want this. Um, you need to suppress the content on the platforms. Uh, she is nominated to be the Associate Attorney General for Biden. That's dangerous. So that is very dangerous as that goes forward. So we don't know everybody that's in this group. Uh, At least not in this article, it doesn't list. Now, there there might be a list somewhere, but I haven't found one. Again, it's a cabal, as they put it. Yeah. Which could always bring back Aaron's word of the week on this one. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, What is a cabal, Aaron? I'm guessing a, a group of unknown people. But 
Pretty much. Yeah. A secret political clique or faction. So if it's a cabal and it's known, it wouldn't be a cabal. If it's a cabal and unknown, then it's a cabal. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, but I, th- I think it's really dangerous. The fact that this group decided it was up to them and it was on them to, as they say, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. Again, yeah. I am giving you quotes from the article, so that way YouTube or whoever doesn't go, well, you were misconstruing the information. This is what the article author wrote. Mm-hmm. Which, Which also brings me to the next, the next sentence of that article. Yeah. When, again, when they say they're controlling the flow and steering the media, they were rigging. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. Everything that you have talked about up until this point is not a fortification. It is a rig, a manipulation, a change the course and flow to fit our agenda. Mm-hmm. That's a rig, not a fortification. A fortification is these platforms are neutral. You have to keep the free speech, even though it may uh, be objectionable to your sensibilities. Fortification is we want everyone to vote legally. But obviously, I cannot say with an ID because that apparently is racist, as I've learned. Gina And Gina Kuano, or however you say her name, has learned as well. Yeah. You know, saying that. Fortifying the election would be saying keep the media... On the real news, not you media, you can cover this. Media, you can, can't cover this. Media, you can cover this. Media, yeah. you can't cover this. Yeah. Fortifying the election is not influencing perceptions and changing perceptions on how people see things. Right. Fortifying yeah. the election is not changing rules and laws at the last minute to fit your agenda on how you want things to go. But that's what supposedly happened. Oh, no, that's not what supposedly happened. That's what what is happening. And that's the thing. People go, well, hey, that's showing some rigging of the election. And people are like, no, 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 no. It's a fortification. It's not a rig. It's a fortification. (laughs) So they're just trying to change the definition. Oh, wait, we've been doing that forever. Exactly. Which I don't understand why we do that anyway. But or why that's done. So I guess... Because of that, I mean, what, I mean, I would say, like, Facebook, Twitter, and all of them should definitely get some pretty good knockback at them for letting stuff like that happen. I, I would agree with you 100%, but guess what? They're not. They're doubling down instead on their stuff. Now, the good thing is, I guess you could say the good thing, since the November election, they've also been doubling down on that. And also impacting those on the more uh, left side of the political spectrum as well. So they've been knocking some of those people off offline as well, saying, uh-uh, we don't want your opinions and your thoughts on our space anymore. Because now that the election's over, bye-bye, you're no longer useful. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. So I remember, I remember, um, I was, oh gosh, I was watching a, a Tim Pool uh, episode, and he was talking about how I mean, yeah, obviously conservative channels are being like targeted and stuff like that, and trying to be taken down, or like they're not allowed on Facebook, kind of thing, and Twitter and YouTube is going to take them down. 
Um, but to be fair, says, some to be fair, some of that is Tim Pool trying to raise his own subscription revenue. Well, that's <laughs> in that, yeah, he is talking about he's trying to get that website going and whatever. But then he also added, he's like, but it's like it's not just the right side though. He said, no, I mean they're coming after people on the left too, so it's like almost no one's safe in the right. in a sense. So it's like I guess who. I guess whoever ends up being safe, are those people <laughs> the ones that we have to check out and see what's going on behind the scenes or what? Yeah, n- no idea on that one. Because the, the things going behind the scene are, be- like they said, they're being done in secret. They've been done in secret for years now. Um, at least, and especially this past year, you know. Mm-hmm. The idea for this started, I think he said it, he got the idea for it like in 2019, you know, when he was starting to study... So the guy who organized it, let, let, let's back up here. Organized this. Boop, 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 boop. He organized this uh, sacred cabal. Okay. Uh, he, the guy who, who organized this essentially worked for various political organizations. Uh, he worked with the AFL CIO and he helped run various left wing democratic uh, political strategies and that. And he started this in 2019 is like, Hey, um, Hmm. I, I need to find a way to, as he put it, fortify the election. Um, obviously he didn't want a Trump victory. Right. You know, obviously if you're working on the democratic side, more likely you're not going to want a Trump. Even there's even a lot of people on the right hand side who said, no, I don't want a Trump victory at all. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were able to do whatever they were doing with that, but he got together people to start doing this sort of thing. Um, and the guy whose name, who's doing this, his name is Mike Podhorzer. Hmm. P O D H O R Z E R. Again, I am horrible with names, so when I mispronounce a name, I am completely sorry. So he was a senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO, and do you know what that is? Mm-mm. That's the nation's largest union federation. Uh, so it has a lot of data and all that. And it said that in the past, he's helped the AFL-CIO marshal the latest tactics and data to help its favored candidates win elections. That's what he does. Okay, that's, you know, he helps candidates get elected. So obviously, if he's doing this to fortify, whatever elected uh, position is going to be fortified will win, you know. Right. What, what's, which is one he wanted to do. So that is one of the things that has just been going on. And it's funny because you read this article and you're like, I can't believe that that something like this could be happening and no one's like, and people can read and just be like, Oh, that's cool. It kept Trump from being elected. It's like, no, hello. (laughs) Stop. If this was on the right hand side and you had a group of people, wealthy people, powerful people influencing the media to make sure that their person is elected right now, it's Biden. Biden is the, Biden is like the little puppy dog that they want in the office for now. When Biden yep. no longer serves their purpose, who do they are they going to want? And then at that point, it doesn't matter who they who we want as the American people. It's who they who want. Who they want? Because who are they going to 
manipulate the mainstream media for? Who are they going to manipulate the social media meets, feeds for? Who are they going to change the influence of how they are appearing? Perceived. Yeah, perceived yeah. and appearing in the, all over the world, all of the it's U.S. Oh my gosh. Why is this even allowed to be a thing? Because they technically are not a pack giving money to a particular candidate. Instead, they're just giving money to various lawmakers to get their agenda pushed through the law. You know, when you want to push something through law, uh, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can either, A, you know, spend some money to get a politician to sign on to do what you want to do. Or B, if you want our politician to sign on to what you do, you include what's called pork in your package. Called what? Pork. Okay. So I thought you said, I was like. Yeah. So, so like, look, look at our latest, you know, Corona virus relief, uh, check thing, you know, where the, they're like, okay, the 1400 bucks thing. But they said, oh, but in order to get this passed, we're going to have to include all this other pork in it. All these other things are not related to the, the 1400. Yeah. And those are, get, that's getting put into it. So mm. that's how you get our politician on board. Yeah. But this group, they're able to go to a company and say, or not a company, a politician and be like, hey, buddy. Hey, Aaron, if you're a politician. Nope. Um, we're going we're gonna to take you out for dinner. We're going to buy Aww. you the best of steaks. And, uh, you know. Send you and the wife on that trip to Cancun. And, oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, that's where Ted Cruz's kids are. I don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, do all that stuff and be like, oh, and um, by the way, as we're sending you, um, just so you know, you know, we, we would like it if, you know, you got this mail-in voting thing put into put into practice. Thanks. Obviously, oh, yeah, obviously, it's, obviously it's not that blatant. <laughs> there, there are laws that say it cannot be that. Blatant, obviously, obviously. yeah. But people who work in that line of business should know are like me. They know how to skirt around the word of the law and bypass the intent of the law. Right. So they so they can just skirt around and stay right in the legal, stay right in the legal, do everything but that's still considered legal, but. The spirit of law is broken, and all of a sudden, huh, that's interesting. They're getting some money that they should be getting, and um, they're pushing through legislation that uh, probably shouldn't be pushed through. <laughs> right. Ugh. That's frustrating. I mean, but I mean, after, I guess if you do something that nice for me, though, I mean, I, I, I could just return a simple little favor, though, right? Like, yep. that's that's okay. Right? Right. So what I find... Just a friend helping a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of friend helping a friend, this is in the article too. Oh, I like, find it interesting. Okay. And again, I am quoting. Again, this is why I said everything about this is so weird. About a week before election day, Podhorzer received an unexpected message. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce wanted to talk. The AFL-CIO and the chamber have a long history of antagonism. Though neither organization is explicitly partisan, the influential business lobby has poured hundreds of millions of dollars into Republican campaigns, just as the nation's unions funnel hundreds of millions to Democrats. One side is labor, on the other management, locked in eternal struggle for power and resources. But behind the scenes, the business community was engaged in its own anxious discussions about how the election and its aftermath might unfold. 
The summer's radical justice protest had sent a signal to business owners too. The potential for economy disrupting civil disorder. So because of potential civil unrest, the Chamber of Commerce essentially said, hey, what are you guys doing? We're going to help you. Exactly. (laughs) And you know how you were asking, hey, can we know who... Who, who was all part of this? Yeah. Th- they're refusing to name like who set up the arrangements for the two groups to meet in that because they don't want those names disclosed. So again, comes back to this whole, we want our story told, but we don't want to tell you who's in it. We yeah. want our story told, but we don't want to let you know how we did things. We want our story told, but there's always that but. There's always well, that w- but. Man, I wish we could make a movie out of this. You know, I'm sure there will be one day a, a movie about this um in showing up you know in the future about this may, hey maybe gina carrero can star right <laughs> hey there's a movie idea ben and all you people at the daily wire hey there you go get on it get these facts yeah so go on yeah i don't know again as i we've just been talked about in another episode or the last one, whatever. I wish there is there any way to like keep these people in power like accountable in any way? Because it's like you can't find. Well, if they don't want their names out there, they're not going to get out there unless somebody goes in and does some dirty work and puts their puts their livelihood, potentially life, at risk of releasing information on these people well there there are organizations out there where if you know someone is part of you know one of these part of the cabal let's Mm -hmm. say and it's like hey i'm done with this i need to clear my conscience i need to uh, reveal the truth about it there are places they can go to Mm -hmm. now that being said even our news media has become so politicized you know you're either on the left or you're on the right Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not saying either side's the best side because there isn't anyone who truly tries to be objective anymore. It's like, oh, nope, we're going to spin it to the right. We're going to spin it to the left. Everyone does. Let, let's put all cards on the table. Bias is there, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, you know, there are, like I said, there are organizations that you can go to and, you know, you go to the wrong organization, they'll go, mm, no, no. <laughs> but you go to... Like somewhere like uh, Project Veritas or something like that, you know, they will definitely take that data and be like, boom, and throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, was it James O'Keefe? He is not afraid to just say, all right, look, I got my leaked data. Like he has released leaked documents and leaked videos from Facebook internal meetings recently. Oof. You know, where Facebook and Twitter and all that have, you know, been caught saying some pretty damaging things about how like, the censorship that they're doing in the U.S. is only the beginning of what they're going to do around the world and all this other stuff. And it's just, it's a little crazy. And you know where they got some of these ideas for how some of the censorship from this little cabal group. <sighs> yep. So is, I guess my question, is the this group that's in this cabal or whatever, is it just U.S. people or is it people outside of the U.S.? They're not saying. <sighs> Again, they want their story to be told, but they don't want to reveal who's all in it. I don't like any of that. Because depending on who's in it could tell <laughs> where things could go more. Yeah. 
So I, it, it was going to be, it's an interesting read. You need to read it all the way through. And, you know, you could see, you could see the obvious spins in parts of the article. And it was great listening to even Tim Poole call out the article and saying, you're telling me there is a cabal and you're telling me that there wasn't anything nefarious going on behind the scenes. He's like, are you clinically stupid? Right. <laughs> I don't think he used those exact words. I was paraphrasing him. <laughs> um, but, and I agree with that. You know, if you tell me there's a cabal who is managing how information is routed, how perceptions are done and what the media covers, I go, what? You know, you know, there was that big, there was always this big question last year among some people, like, why isn't anything about Hunter Biden and going to China being covered in the news and that mm-hmm. you have the cabal to think because right after Biden got sworn in, guess mm-hmm. what? All that of a sudden it, it's all coming back up now. Right. It's like, Oh, we don't have to hide it anymore. Um, hello. <laughs> I'm really curious as to what like other countries news, news, um, programs are like then as far as what they show. Um, and I, I don't know if it was, uh, now granted this isn't like what the, like this isn't the new, I, well, maybe, I don't know, the news choosing what it, what it wants to be shown, but it was, was, was it was someone from the World Health Organization like hung up on a, on a, uh, a call to, about, Ty, well, it was about, it was had to do with like Taiwan ones being involved with the world health organization or something like that oh yeah and where, and where and the Ty- taiwanese reporter asked hey will you consider it, it consider at least recognizing taiwan yeah and, and the dude just well, he, well first well, he goes i, I couldn't hear, hear your you question could you repeat that question and then she repeats it and well, then it was she, re- she was gonna repeat it but then he said no let's go on to the next one he wanted to go on a different question yeah but then she did repeat it and she, then he hung up well, yeah, because she wanted to talk more about Taiwan, just more of the case for ta- Taiwan. Yep. And then once he heard that she wanted to keep going on about Taiwan, he's like, eh, no. Yeah. And th- there's a whole thing behind that, but that that isn't so much a cabal thing. No. That's a China thing. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's that's, that's a Chinese thing. But I'm just like, I guess, I don't know, for for the news or whatever, like, they obviously probably didn't plan on that happening. But here... Like, there would be no chance of something like that being seen because of the cabal monitoring what is shown out in the news. Because what was, I guess, what was the other thing um, that I guess is good that I have seen on the news? Was the uh, the, 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 the defense guy for Trump or whatever mm-hmm. was on the news. And this one gal was just talking about how, like, hey, so, like, pretty much evidence that you want to use against, um, use for the case to help Trump is this, uh, um, some like, ah, what was the, what's the word that they used for it? Well, one was like changing the, uh, Twitter authentication check mark thing. One, there was like a date being changed and then something about like the, like self edited, like videos or evidence kind of thing. And he was just like, I'm glad that <laughs> I guess he was able to fight back on that, saying, like, that's not enough evidence to help with something, I guess, to make a case on. Like, there's, ah, I don't know. It's, 
I'm glad some stuff like that, I guess, makes it on the news because they can't control all of it. Right. But it, it makes me nervous if that's what they're trying to do. Well, like some of the goals of this cabal, right? One of the goals was they want to convince people that they would not know who won on the night of the election, that they would have to wait an extended period of time. That was one of their goals. Which happened. Yep. And they even said that they succeeded because in late October, over 70% of people said that they were expecting a prolonged wait for to find out who won the election. They also This group also used the Voting Rights Lab and Into Action, and they created state-specific memes and graphics spread by email, text, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, urging that every vote be counted. Together, they, these items were viewed more than one billion times. Protect Democracy's election task force issued reports and held media briefings with high-profile experts across the political spectrum. And they said that this resulted in widespread coverage of potential election issues and fact-checking of Trump's false claims. Again, fact-check what they want to fact-check. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. fact, you know, how dare we fact-check um, Biden and his latest town hall in Milwaukee. I don't know if you saw that or not. I've seen very small snippets. So one of the things he said is like, when I came to the office, we had no vaccine. We had no vaccine. And then... Someone, Back in December. Yeah, so someone... He was getting vaccinated. Yeah, I know, but someone fact-checked that, right? And they said, well, he didn't misspeak. He, 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 he had a stutter, and because of his stutter, it came out sounding like it did. No. To which I then go, okay, but back when he was running his election, he said, I don't stutter, and stutter does not account for making factual mistakes. And there's a video of him in an interview saying that. So I'm like, so which one is it? Right. Did he have a stutter and because the stutter came out wrong or does he have a stutter and that does not change the factual uh, representation of what he's saying and therefore I wouldn't say he's lying. I would not say that he's lying. I would say more probably along he has some forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an older man. Right, you which... know, I, I'm, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm approaching 40 and even me, I have forgetful times but so I'm 25 and I have forgetful times. But so. I mean, at that old age, you would expect there'd be times when it'd be like, uh, where am I? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, what's, uh, didn't he get asked that or something? <laughs> He's like, what? He was getting asked, like, what's it feel like or whatever to be, I don't know if it was like to be president or whatever, to live in the White House. And he says, he, it's almost like he tried to make a joke out of it, but he wakes up in the morning and talk, says to us, like, where the hell are we? And it's just like, do you actually mean that, or is that supposed to be I'm funny? sure he was probably trying to make a joke, and it uh, just... Yeah. It just it, looks it just, bad. It just how? landed bad. Um, it, you yeah. know, it's like someone yeah. who has a very deadpan expression and delivers a very dry joke yeah. in an area that does not expect a dry joke, and it just... It boom, does not go well at all. does not go well at all. Because... And I think that's what happened. Uh, yeah, because I'd understand like how he would, how you would say that in a in moment like that, because it's like it's like it's so unreal to think that you're where you're at. It's like what? So I I get that, but I'm like, yeah, that was terrible. Probably not the best way to put it. With what people are kind of, I guess, associating with Joe Biden being forgetful and not knowing stuff <laughs> yeah it does not make him look good but. oh i know 
I know. So, yes, if you have not had a chance yet to read this time article, I, I mean, go and read it. And you could see where they kind of twist some of their biases, you know, where they're like, oh, how dare the Republicans come and watch while votes were counted in Michigan and... You know, they, they're pretty much belittling that sort of stuff. And they're like, look, we are so equal in our representation that we even have a rabid Trump voter. That's how they describe the person. A, a rabid ra- Trump, Trump voter. voter. And it's just like, you can't just say a Trump voter. You have to say that. That's something then to make it look bad. Well, of course. I mean, why not? We, we always have to make everything look bad, Mr. Johnson. Even if it's the truth, we have to manipulate it. Gotta make it look evil. We need to make the truth look exactly like we want it to be. And you wonder why people keep going, hmm, is it 1983 yet?